This is The Social Geek Radio Network. and welcome to the Social Geek Podcast. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing conciliary. Today, we're planning, budgeting, and looking ahead to all things marketing for 2024. Our rock star panel, Liz Solar of Solar Media, Northeast Colors' Derek Abelman, Ali Krause of Benetrends, author and keynote speaker Scott Greenberg, and special guest Kenneth Burke of Text Request. episode is brought to you by Citrin Cooperman, Adplorer, Northeast Color, and the panel is next after a quick note about Answer Connect. How can you unlock millions in annual revenue? Don't miss out on 30% of your phone calls. At Answer Connect, they've got the solution for franchisors, franchisees, suppliers, and brokers. If you can't answer your calls, Answer Connect can. Reclaim your revenue today. If you think this would help, call my good friend Karen Booz at 888-822-2034. That's 888-822-2034. Back with our rock star panel. Joining us today, Liz Solar of Solar Media, Northeast Colors' Derek Abelman, Ali Krause of Benetrends, and author and keynote speaker, Scott Greenberg, welcome back to the show, rock stars. Good to see everybody. Good to hey, see you. And joining us as special guest today is Kenneth Burke from Text Request. Hey, thanks for having me here. You know, you were sort of the the thing that spurred today's topic, Kenneth, because I see you sharing a lot of really cool stuff lately, especially on LinkedIn. Um, whereas so many of our friends are sharing, you know, hey, please click this link and go to my thing and and buy my stuff. You share a lot of really good general sort of top level marketing ideas. So we wanted to go to you first with the question, what's really the biggest story of the year 2023 when it comes to digital marketing? And what do you see rolling into 2024 as sort of the story of the year? Any any uh, initial thoughts? Yeah. AI, artificial intelligence has been the you know, the big story all year long and, and how it's going to revolutionize everything. And, you know, there's a lot of truth in that, but there's also, I think, some healthy skepticism behind it as well. But I think that's going to be the major headline going into 2024 and throughout the year as well. Um, and less of, hey, look what this can do. And more so for marketers in particular, how can we use this to make more money? So not just how can we churn out, um, you know, boatloads of subpar content, and create a few more automations in our operations, but how can we actually use this to optimize uh, email campaigns or to improve website performance so that more people come in and purchase without having to talk to anybody? I think there's a lot of opportunities there um, that if you know tech companies, uh, founders, you know, as they're building these products can, can do a good job of really um, synthesizing the marketer's dilemma that there's a lot of big opportunity. And I think that will, that'll be the big story. There's also third-party cookies that are going away next year. I think that's going to take a, a lot of attention. 
that's been the big story for the year for about the past three years, though, I think. Yeah. Are, are we finally going to get to the cookie-less future? Uh, that's what they're telling us. But I think, <laughs> at least on our end, as a tech company and in the enterprise side of things, we've seen a pretty big shift to companies prioritizing tools to gather and utilize first-party data, so their own, you know, their own data. Um, and you typically see that things start with the enterprise, and then they start to trickle down to what I would call middle America. So your your non-super tech savvy companies, your um, mid-level marketers as well. So I, I think we'll see a lot of it start to uh, come to the surface for the majority of us next year. Kenneth mentioned AI being the story of the year and probably going into 2024. I have to agree with you that there's a lot of stuff being, I think you said, churned out. Right. Um, a year ago, we were talking about AI. So it was sort of the advent of AI in, in November of 2022. And now it just feels like everywhere I go, there's 10 times more content, 10 times longer LinkedIn posts, 10 times more blogs being published than there was a year ago. And I'm I'm a little suspicious that maybe some of these people aren't writing all of those things. Is anybody else seeing the same sort of trend where there's just so much stuff now compared to a year ago, Derek? Yeah. I mean, I, th I think I, I totally agree. I think this is the year where some kind of gravity catches up to this AI buzz, right? Like, you know, unlike crypto or NFTs, I think this is the shiny thing that sticks around, but I don't think, I think the first easiest use case for it to just generate a bunch of garbage essentially and, and feel smart i think that's that is coming to an end because i think we can all recognize the tone right in an email and a in that sort of roundabout circumlocution where it's like too many words and none and it feels like writing but it isn't <laughs> i think that's gonna start winding i think that's it's you get a boost but you know people who really know how to like actually use language or make connections with people or tell stories I think we're going to enter a phase where practitioners, more than just prompt engineers and so forth, where actual people start to think about downstream consequences of this and to start really thinking about it in a more strategic way rather than sort of, you know, dogpiling onto the more content, more, more, more. I hope what Derek said is true because, yeah, you can just tell it in the LinkedIn posts. And, you know, I, there's been times where, because I do a lot of writing and there's times where I've kind of played just to see, okay, what would uh, you know, what would an AI say? And it's so far away from how I would word it or how I'd want it to be that for me, it's been a matter of figuring out, okay, how can I use AI as a tool? I know how not to use it. I know what not to use it for, but how can it be useful? And so I'm hoping that 2024 is the year where, you know, where it became mainstream in 2023. I'm hoping in 2024, it becomes normalized and people are less likely to run to it and use it for what it really is helpful for and not just churn out a bunch of content. Where I see it fitting in more is the conversational AI. You know, people used to use their phones and call into companies. Now you can have that really personalized experience. And because we have such short attention spans and absolutely no patience. We want answers to our questions right away. So I do see more of that um, using AI in that conversational way, um, you know, AKA bots. Yeah, I find myself preferring to deal with bots in some customer 
experience situations, but that could be the story for another day. Ali, let's go to you. Any uh, any thoughts on AI, or do you have some other ideas on what the big new thing in 2024 is going to look like for you? A little bit of both. To wrap up the AI conversation, I personal opinion here is everybody dove in headfirst. Yeah. Who knows more? What training can I get on? How can I drop crap in the GPT and get more crap back and overload the internet with our brand and make our marketing team look great to that CEO, right? But I think the piece that I personally needed to slow down and focus on and what I wanted for our company as well was actually creating that AI policy around what we were allowed to use it for, who was allowed to use it at the company and where we found value in it, especially being safe on the generative side. So I would urge anyone listening to this that if you're going into 2024 with budget for AI or platforms like your CRM software that are constantly, we use two CRMs and both of them are pushing, hey, have you seen our new chat spot? Have you seen this new email generative template? And everyone at the company that that just says, wow, look at this. And I heard about AI that probably can't even tell you what that stands for. I think it's really important to just slow down and go into the year with a level set on what is safe for our clients, what is safe for our company, and how are we gonna actually create a policy that protects all of us? Um, this was about a three month pro uh, program for us. We got attorneys involved. We really dug into what was safe, what was important to use it for and how to use it and how to actually request that the IT or the marketing team here actually gives access to new platforms. Um, so everybody on our team signed to that. It's now part of our policies and our normal day-to-day um, -day work um, procedures here at Benetrend. So I'm really thankful we went through that process. I think it was new to some people, it was old to others, but I would just urge anyone going into the new year with these big plans to slow down and put some policies and procedures around it and utilize your IT and marketing teams there who have kind of a, a good insight into the important pieces of that and call a franchise attorney if you're in franchising. And if you're not, find someone with specific experience in AI because attorneys are learning how to write these now. And I bet if you picked up the phone and called one of them, they have a little bit of experience in it. Um, so that's my AI wrap up. And then shifting the conversation, Jack, it was Black Friday this past weekend, and this is what I sang all weekend. It's all coming back, it's all coming back to me now. Because there are corduroy pants in stores again. And I literally <laughs> all weekend was saying corduroy pants are back, WTF. But also, am I just getting old? Maybe. But so, I do so wait, are you are you happy about this no, exchange or not. you're unhappy about this? I am unhappy about the corduroy return and the wide leg pants and the white sneakers with the pants. And I'm not going to be in fashion for the next couple of years. But here's what it did remind me <laughs> for 2024, because I'm a dork like this. What's coming back to me is old school marketing and not just focusing on the AI and how to blast content out in the world because we are saturating the ever loving crap out of the marketplace right now. So I'm actually focusing budget on direct mailers and radio and OTT and very, very top of the funnel focus leads on re-educating the industry and what my company does and finding the people that are outside of the sea that we're all fishing in. And so I think seeing the corduroy pants, the 
dork I am that was thinking about these stupid pants this weekend was like, wait a minute, now is the time to make a change. And I'm not going into 2024 only thinking AI and content, 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 and push it like I was at the start of 2023. So I might be old school, but I'm also hoping hoping that my old school tendencies coming back are similar enough to corduroy pants that marketing does come in a secular um kind of tendency like that. And I'm hoping that I can see a little bit of return on focusing on top of funnel leads this year. I love that idea of everything old is new again. I recently bought some Pepsi Zero. Two reasons I bought it. One, the label is black, so it caught my eye immediately. And two, the logo is the Pepsi logo from the 1980s, right? The old school red, white, and blue with the big block letter Pepsi in the middle. And that jumped out at me. And I thought, wow, someone's creating something specifically for me. So I got it. So I, mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have even tried it if, if it didn't have that old school logo. And I see so many brands that are going down the corduroys road alley with, you know, pizza hut and taco bell. And a lot of the brands that were around every day are, are just playing on this whole nostalgia craze. Mm -hmm. And, and I think they're looking at, you know, what was working in the seventies, eighties, nineties, whatever decade. And, and they're bringing that around. Maybe it's not for you, but maybe it's for your kids or you want to reintroduce something from that brand to your kids who weren't around back when Pepsi looked cool and corduroy pants were for sale. Right. So is anybody else seeing this nostalgia craze coming at them in a hard way? Not as much that, but as much as there is all of this interaction with AI and perhaps, you know, digital engagement, there's also this, and I know it's starting in Europe, giving up the um, the scanners at, at the grocery store. So you're not going to check yourself out because a lot of people don't like that. It turns out that people really want to engage with another person. So that may be a throwback, you know, a nostalgic thing to actually go into your bank and say, hey, Zach, how's it going? Um, but I do think that there are people who are going to crave those experiences of being in the building. And I can see it from my brethren who go into an office that is happening more and more, whether people want that or not is, is another thing, but it's definitely happening that we're doing face to face. And I think that's all a part of the corduroy movement. <laughs> Thank you, Allie, for that. It's going to be the hashtag of this podcast, the corduroy movement. Yeah. I hope the corduroy movement doesn't extend to the public speaking industry because otherwise I'm going to have to go back to sending out VHS tapes to people who are interested. <laughs> and and I'm imagining the I'm imagining the microphone situation might be a little different if that swish, swish, swish with everybody <laughs> walking up on stage wearing corduroy is going to continue. Y'all are going to be singing Celine Dion for the rest of the day, too. You're welcome. <laughs> Another, another piece to Ali's point, though, it, especially with going back to more traditional forms of marketing, is that uh, two things have happened is, one, everybody's become a creator now. So a lot of these uh, channels that have been really effective for the last few years are now flooded, exactly what she was just saying. There's that. So that people have moved away from, from other channels, opening up opportunities. And also, at the same time, for the last 18 months or so, Everyone and their sister has been cutting back on budgets, cutting back on spending, um, and unfortunately also laying off a lot of marketing teams. Um, but that means that there are or there's fewer competition, and in a lot of cases, prices are lower. 
So it's a fantastic opportunity if you've got the resources to do it to really come out ahead. And, you know, what's the, the cliche, never waste a, a recession, right? Um, this can be a big opportunity to, to be the go to become the go to brand that everybody knows about and thinks about because you're just able to be there. And it could be a combination of the, the retro feel good stuff, but also Ali, I want to go back to some of the other things you were mentioning, like radio and print and things like that. It, it could just stand out because everybody else is, is deep in every other form of digital marketing and, and AI generated junk that if you're actually creating something or maybe it's a, it's an ad on a on a radio station that none of your competitors are on mm-hmm. or or it's a print thing that's going out to every office in the franchise world and all of your competitors are you know falling all over themselves to to make a new Facebook ad or something like that right like like being an outlier could actually be sort of the the next new thing for you yeah Totally. I mean, that's where my head is for, for budgeting purposes, at least is we've tried this for how many years now we've tried X and Y and Z and we're, we're going back to a, right. So Mm -hmm. how do, how do I stand out and how am I remembered is what's important to me right now. And so I think if I can get the attention of one person, that's not in the normal, normal sea that we fish in, then it's a win for me. If there's one person who wants to get into business for themselves that hears me on the radio or one person that picks up a mailer and says, wow, this is cool. Or we're sending gift boxes out to anyone who funds a business with us now. Like it used to be an email or a phone call or a post on LinkedIn, but it's more than that to us. You're, you're getting a plant in the mail with a reminder to refer a friend for an extra 500 bucks, right? Like, so it's, it's taking a little bit of like an old school, traditional, like Kenneth said, path to what we're getting at. But if X, Y, and Z have been the same amount of business driving opportunity, then how do you go back to A, B, and C? And what does it look like for you? And it might not be this way for every business, but for us, we've, we've been around 41 years now, and I think it's time to do something new and new doesn't mean never done. New is different and new is standing out and new is making that one extra person hear who we are, what we do and why we do it. And so it's just a shift in focus. It's a shift in your thought of how to market. And it's actually really fun because I haven't done it in a while. And so it's kind of neat to bring some of these things back that I also am always thinking of myself as the consumer. I I walk to my mailbox because I work from home and I bring in a stack of mail every single day and I glance at it. And sometimes I find things that are interesting to me. And I always think, what if this was Benetrends? What if this was my brand? What if this was my business? And somebody's eyes went on this, who, who it sparked, it sparked a thought. And that's, that's what marketing is. Right. So I think if you can put yourself in this, in the shoes of a consumer, then there's opportunity out there that you can drive just from your normal behaviors as a consumer. I love that idea of having that instinct for your brand, you know, looking at everything from a billboard down the road to uh, a, a print mailer or something and, and imagining your logo on that, on that piece of, of marketing content and thinking, wonder what my customers would think about that. So love that idea. Thank you so much for that, Allie. Anybody else have some, some thoughts on what's going to uh, rule our world in 2024? Scott? Yeah. You know, I don't think we can understate um, how 2024 is going to feel 
We have the Summer Olympics in Paris, which will probably be bigger. And sometimes that could promote a sense of unity at the nation level, but sometimes even at the world level. But on the other side of that, we have what I would anticipate is going to be an extremely ugly election in 2024. And we're going to be marketed to um, any day now. It's really going to start. And it's going to be a long, ugly, painful year. And it'll be interesting to see how that impacts customer sentiment. And like emotionally, what are we going to need during that time? And how are marketers going to address that need? And it might be something as simple as it just feels so bad out there that people just want stuff that feels good. And it might be nostalgia or a good laugh. I remember um, in the middle of uh, COVID or something like that, the Mr. Rogers movie came out. Yeah. the doc, yeah. Not, not just the Tom Hanks, but a documentary. And it just mm -hmm. felt so good. It was so what the moment called for. And um, uh, you know, Ted Lasso sort of did the same thing. Uh, I don't know exactly what to expect this next year, but marketers are gonna have to pay real close attention and you know, message things accordingly. I well, agree sir. that it could be a, a time where we want to get away from Facebook and Instagram and everything else because it's going to be nothing but, as you said, ugliness. And maybe we want to do something like get more involved in in a nice podcast or or maybe read a new book or something like that and 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 just get away from you know being targeted as a constituent or or a citizen of this state or that state or something like that so yeah it it could be it could be the time to get away from the typical stuff any podcasts or books you'll be recommending you know there's a couple coming out uh in the very near future that uh we will include on today's show notes um <laughs> There's a really good book coming out. I think it's in February. What's that called, Scott? If you're referring <laughs> to one I'm thinking of, it's called Stop the Shift Show. But uh, maybe you're talking about something else. And, but no, is, is that's there... <laughs> that's the only book on my schedule. Man, okay. I got to tell you, and 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 I'm and I'm not kidding. I have gotten so far away from um, business reading and business books that I'm actually looking forward to yours because. Lately, I've been reading nothing that's newer than, you know, 1945. So um, so it'll be kind of good to get back into some business reading. So, um, Derek, what do you got as far as what's coming out our way in 2024 that that uh, that you think could be the big thing or the next big thing? Well, I mean, I feel like a lot of what I'm hearing today fits into a lot of what I'm trying to plan for in the next year, which is, you know, connection connection, storytelling, making connections between people. And I think that everyone is spot on with, with how things feel so distant, so digital, so uh, doom scroll, like that's about to come back. The doom scroll, it never ended really, but it's going to get more pointed. We're going to start getting text messages. All of that's going to happen. So what we're planning for on our side of the fence is to really emphasize the human element of what we do. Um, so internally, I'm focusing a lot on the people that help make the products that we sell, the place that we make that from, the process we go through to that. Um, I've started working with an internal team about how to film and document that and, and to create that connection. Um, not really even from a salesy standpoint, but just this is the, this is our story and I wanna tell that story. Um, I think a lot of times, especially as a manufacturer, but definitely as a supplier uh, within the franchise space, people think, predominantly of the franchisors and the franchisees, but there are so many other people in, in the mix, particularly with, within the supplier community that we also have a face and we also have a role 
And in the time that I've been with, with Northeast Color, six years, we went from having 22 people on staff to being at 70. We wow. moved to a massively larger facility to embrace the franchise industry. So the brands that you see out there, like there are so many other wheels and flywheels of pro prosperity that come off of that. And so telling that story is, is something that I'm very interested in. And from an external standpoint, to go off of, you know, some of the things that, that Ali was saying, me too, I put direct mailers in our budget. Um, something I'm really keen to do is to look at all of these different touch points, these connection points within the client journey that is like, when you receive an email from us confirming your order, your tracking, things like that, when you get the invoice, our logos there, it feels right. Um, something I'm really excited about because we manufacture signage is putting together um, material sample kits that are very branded, that when you receive this in the mail, this was made for you. I, someone thought about you. This was hand you know, assembled for you because this is your future that, that we're interested in. Um, I think it's that element of sincere authenticity instead of sort of curated authenticity, right? And like making that connection on a one-to-one -one basis and not trying to really sell to anyone, um, but just really focusing on the experience of working with us. That's, that's where my focus is on. What is the experience of being engaged with our company? Back to our discussion after a quick word from Adplore, our newest sponsor on Social Geek. Adplore is a local digital advertising software built specifically to help digital agencies, franchise brands, and multi-location businesses manage local advertising campaigns at scale. Adplore's technology enables users to scale advertising campaigns across thousands of SMBs, franchise locations, and enterprises all over the world. Agencies and internal marketing departments use Adplore to automate the creation, management, and reporting of campaigns on Google, Bing, Facebook, Waze, LinkedIn, and Spotify. Check it out now at adplore.com. Back in a moment after this word from Northeast Color. Northeast Color produces branded interior decor and custom signage solutions for the franchise industry with a special focus on value engineering. They work with franchisors to re-engineer their existing signage packages to lower costs on materials, shipping, and installation, all while maintaining the integrity of their client's brand. In short, Northeast Color literally makes things better. Learn more now at northeastcolor.com. It's amazing that everything we're talking about so far is, is taking it a step away from everything digitized and being a lot more human. And, and maybe it is, maybe that pendulum is swinging back from, from just so much automation and so much digital curation um, of, of what we think the customer is going to want to actually giving them the opportunity to either talk to a person face-to-face -face or voice-to-voice, -voice, or in, in your situation, Derek, actually sending them stuff that they can actually touch. And, and it, I think it makes your brand a lot more real than just xyz.com out there that, that they don't really connect with. And, and that could be 
that could be the story of the of the coming year is how do we reconnect with people on a more human level um liz i'm assuming you're you're reconnecting with a lot of people on a more human level these days with some of the changes in your schedule what do you think um what do you think we should be looking for in 2024 I think what Derek said really hits, and and what Ali said, it's the personalization, but it's real personalization, not the manufactured personalization. So I think so much of marketing has been scattershot. We're going to just throw our message anywhere. We don't care who gets it. Now it's going deep. Who are the people that love us already, that we love? How can we strengthen and deepen those relationships? I think that's going to be job one. And then from there, find the people, you know, we think that the brand is, I'm going to put up this pretty logo, whatever, that's my brand. You know, the brand is whatever people say about you, that's, that's your brand. And how much have you aligned your own values with their values? And I think that's how, I think that's how we find our clients. That's how we find our customers. You know, we're just, we're, we're drawn to each other. We're magnetized because we are looking for the same things. Let's jump into sort of my question of of the year. If you had one channel that you can use in the year 2024, only one, what would that channel be and why? Anybody want to be brave and go first? I'm going to go with biplanes because we're doing throwback. So <laughs> billboards, biplanes, carrier oh, pigeons. With like the big uh, banner behind it, you know, <laughs> Merry yeah, Christmas the, from but, but, Solar Media that we're going to see yeah, that plane how, go by how, pretty soon. How cool would that be if your name, your name you know, here? You know, maybe that and, and some skywriting. I haven't seen any skywriting in in, uh, in a couple of years. So that, that could be something <laughs> new. It You know, hey, it's an outlier. Nobody else is doing it in our space right now. So but Jack, I have a question for you because, you know, there is a rise of video and TikTok is, you know, all over the place and people keep saying, you got to get on TikTok. But I look at so much of social media and it's just that scroll of one movie after another, after another, and it's just one show and I can't get my time back. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, and I'd love people to chime in on this. How are people feeling about video, its efficacy and the results people get from it, because a lot of it, I just feel like, no. Well, I think there's two ways to go. Either you go a totally different way outside of video and do something, maybe it's print, or in my case, maybe it's more audio stuff, right? Or more likely, you have to make that content better, right? We see a lot of videos every day with our colleagues and and other people we know who are just cranking out videos one by one, what are you going to do to make that better, to make that, make your video, the one that somebody is they're doing the doom scroll actually stops and says, wow, what, what's, what's Liz doing today? What's she talking about today? Like, like, I think that's my goal for the the brands I'm working with. How do we find something so you don't just look like another person making another video? Because I think that's what we saw on social media over the past 15 years is at first it was great to have all of these Facebook posts and tweets and other things. And then they all just started looking the same. So the, the people who stood out were actually saying something of value and, and providing some sort of entertainment or education or, or something that was, that was interesting, not just, 
you know, something to to fill the the three seconds it took to scroll to the next thing. So I think I think making a better video is is key or doing video and something else, whether it's print or 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 anything else. Any anybody else have some thoughts on that? Yeah, it, at least the the approach I take to it or the the mental model is to to think of video or anything else as or just to think of it as a distribution channel. And the best distribution channel for your marketing message or for your value proposition is the middle of the Venn diagram where your target customers spend their time where people are interested in hearing from you and what skill set you already have. So for me personally, I'm a much stronger writer than I am designer or speaker. And so most of the content I create is written. We pretty much built text requests on the marketing side based off of blog content whenever SEO was really effective. Um, I've built up a decent reputation, you know, through posting LinkedIn. And it's mostly just, you know, a couple hundred words sharing some marketing advice. Um, whenever I have something I feel like it's worth saying, you know, for text requests, we do that in, in a, a number of ways. Email is really effective. Video sometimes is. Um, I don't think you should ever do or add a channel into the mix or add a type of content into the mix just because everybody is doing it or even because that's where the most eyeballs are. Uh, it, it, an experiment from us in the early days was uh, Facebook advertising. Everybody was on Facebook. The engagement rates were astronomical uh, in a good way. And so we started advertising and spending a lot of time there. Come to find out, people who were scrolling on Facebook were not interested in buying a business texting software. At that time, they were there looking for distractions or to see what's going on with friends and family. Um, and so us being there just added to the noise. So it was not effective. And we, you know, found somewhere else that was effective. So um, I don't know exactly what's going to be good for you, Liz, or for anybody else in particular, except text messaging. I know that'll work. I have to put that in there. <laughs> uh, but I think it's important to, to find the middle of that Venn diagram for what your, your target audience wants. Um, what you had the skill set for and uh, where people actually would, would care to hear from you. Love it. Anybody else yeah. have some thoughts on, on their channel of choice if they only get one for the coming year, Derek? I mean, I'd have to go with the classic LinkedIn, man. I mean, come on. Of course. <laughs> like, that's a, it's every, every, everyone I need to talk to, we need to be in front of and working with is there. We've built such a community there. Um, in a way that that feels sincere and genuine. I don't, I've never paid for ads, you know, um, to Kenneth's point, I've, like we experimented with Facebook as well. And we we're like, hey, I guess this isn't for us. This isn't where our audience is. And this isn't, um, you know, all of the different metrics you look at as a marketer, but then just as a person, these are, these are the conversations I want to have with people. These are the people I want to have conversations with. This is our community. So to me, it's, it's, it's very much, I don't think of it as marketing. I think of it as just table stakes to having the relationships that, that we have developed and the community that we've developed. Um, it's so organic and so rewarding at a personal level, I think, you know, to see what we see to, to support each other, to celebrate one another, like to help each other through questions, things like that. Like, I think it's really become a powerful platform and I don't really spend my personal or professional time uh, 
in any significance on a different platform. So LinkedIn, you can send the chocolates to my house anytime you like, but <laughs> it's for real life how I feel. I literally couldn't agree more. Like I am like every day to LinkedIn. And I think to add on to what you said about like this bubble, right? Like franchising is this small bubble and the business world is around it. And the business world is on LinkedIn. So you can post your TikTok videos there. You can post your blog content. You can do all of those things on one platform. And it all goes back to your personal branding, which I talk about every time I podcast, but that's what we all get out of LinkedIn is that business community with much bigger opportunities than what TikTok will ever bring you. And I would give up advertising on every platform before I would remove my company page from LinkedIn because so much back to the corduroy, what, what is it, Liz, the corduroy, what are we calling it? Movement. Movement. <laughs> okay. Back to the corduroy movement though. LinkedIn is always going to be there as a channel of that community. And so if we lose that, that word of mouth, which is old school marketing goes away. And so much comes from word of mouth and relationship buildings. And I don't think there's a platform out there that will ever do that the way LinkedIn can, if you use it effectively. All right. So another vote for LinkedIn. Um, Scott, any any thoughts from you? If you could only use one channel, you've got a big book coming out in a couple of months. You can only promote it in one place, one channel. What's it going to be? Oh, probably CNN. But if I can't get that, <laughs> um, I think that that Ali kind of nailed it. Like, certainly, I feel like the my readers, my audiences are on LinkedIn. But um, even better than me posting about it is when others post about it. So for me, I, I would say my vote would be um, word of mouth and my hope that that mouth would be LinkedIn. So other people hopefully will post about me. So like, you know, the other day I had a speaking engagement afterwards, I reached out to some of the executives and said, Hey, it was really great. If you get good feedback, would you mind sending, you know, making some introductions to some other organizations that bring in speakers? And like, sure. I'd be happy to I'm thinking, well, I need to be doing, asking that request every single time more consistently and asking, hey, you know, would you post about it on, on LinkedIn? So my hope is that when the book comes out, that people will post about the book rather than, than me doing it. And all that starts with hopefully me, you know, putting out a great book. So it always starts with that. And everyone is here. We're all doing great work. Um, but we need the word of mouth. You know, it's one thing when we post, when people post about us, I think it's a lot better. And LinkedIn think, is a great place for that to happen. Yeah, I think that could be the next um, the next replacement for ratings and reviews and everything else. I, I just want someone to share my stuff on LinkedIn, right? That that's, that's far more valuable to my personal company than a Google review. No one, no one's really going to go read that. I'm not, I'm not selling food or home services or something like that. So the Google reviews are nice. The Facebook reviews used to be nice. Now they really don't matter at all. But if someone actually shares what you're doing with their network on LinkedIn, um, I, I don't even know if we can count how valuable that can be. There, there's no way to attribute that, you know, it, except for just helping your brand to to move forward. So, yeah, thank you for that. Any any other thoughts on on other channels that someone would would go to, even if it was your your only go to? Are we counting Google search? Can that count as a channel? I think so. Um, tell me more about what you're thinking. Well, 
it still has the um, probably the largest active user base. People are actively searching for something, so it's not just me pushing it in front of them. And it's far easier to turn those high intent searches into revenue opportunities than it is to turn even a, a referral on LinkedIn into a revenue opportunity. You know, somebody, people share our content all the time. They talk about us and I absolutely love it. Please keep doing it. Thank you. Um, but that still ends up being interruptive to somebody's day as they're scrolling through. They're looking, you know, they, they aren't really looking for anything in particular. It's just whatever's interesting or, um, you know, grabs their attention. Maybe it's funny. Um, but somebody jumps on to Google and is searching for, you know, best ways to grow revenue in 2024 or, you know, business texting software. Um, I want to make sure I show up there because that's a conversation worth having. And if I can then direct those people to our sales team or to just buy, um, then that's a win for everybody over here. So that, that's where I would, that's what I would focus on if I only had one channel. Love it. There's a great line from classic sales movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, that, no one walks onto the lot lest he's going to buy, right? And I think that that intent is something that everybody else in content marketing and social marketing and all of that kind of stuff, they kind of lose that idea that, yeah, but these are the people who are actually looking for something that maybe you already have. So yeah, thank you very much for that. Any other That's thoughts or, or go ahead? Yeah, you know what that makes me think of too, Kenneth? I'm glad you said that because I think that we're also in 2024 going to see a huge rise in voice search and activated devices, right? So I'm sitting next to a Google Home. I actually have five in my house because my husband and I are obsessed with them. I even, my daughter wants to watch Elsa. You say, hey, Google, play Frozen 2. And now it's listening to me and it's going to beep and ruin this podcast. Sorry, Jack. Um, <laughs> but I think it's important to recognize because that's changing. Uh, again, going back to how are you as a consumer accepting marketing and using marketing. So I think that's a great I think it's a great call out, Kenneth, because we need Google and Google's not going anywhere as a channel, right? So we need to also start to kind of shift the way we market on Google because of that voice search. So going back to this whole conversation being about the human element too, right? So actually, how does somebody say, hey, Google, help me find X or hey, Alexa. So those voice searches and the rise of voice search and honestly, humans just being lazy and having these electronic devices around their homes, I think it's really important that we start to optimize those conversational keywords and really focusing on the local SEO and um, any of the FAQ pages even on your website. So I wouldn't want to lose Google either because I think it's changing and we have to really be smart and pay attention and how people's language is going to start to affect those search results on Google. I, I just, I think that's fantastic, Allie. It reminded me of this other thing that I was thinking about earlier, which is to bring it back to AI is that you know SEO, the sharpening of intent to that point of asking Google, asking any sort of thing like that, using AI and that generative capacity to create posts that pose and answer big questions. Because when people do that search, like, hey, Siri or whatever, and I'm sorry, I don't want to trigger anyone's devices. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and they, and they ask a big question, they type that into their search engine and they see it or they ask it, it's going to scan the internet for the most direct answer to that question. So if you're able to compose content that, that asks and answers a big question, you could appear 
in that initial lineup, right? And it's and I think it's sharpening the intent and sharpening the focus of what you're using these generative tools to do to hit at that client's pain point. Um, there is, you know, the question, the answer, the pain point, the solution, all of that symmetry is is always playing out behind us, but it's sharpened even more now because of a lot of what Ali just pointed out. Before we go, a quick word from Citroen Cooperman. Citroen Cooperman is proud to be the home of one of the leading franchising practices in the country. With over 40 years of franchise experience, Citroen Cooperman provides a full range of services to a vast number of franchise concepts. They work with the owners, operators, controllers, and CFOs of a wide range of franchisors and multi-unit franchisees to help them establish their brands and grow their businesses to the next level. The Citroen Cooperman Franchise Practice is comprised of experienced CFE accredited professionals, providing franchisors and multi-unit franchisees the guidance and insight they need to minimize uncertainty, meet compliance and contractual obligations, and stay focused on building their businesses. For more information, please contact Aaron Chaitovsky and Michael Iannuzzi at CitroenCooperman.com. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. Your comeback of a lifetime starts now. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.